everyone. This is the Focus Richmond podcast. My name is Chris McLaughlin. I am on staff here in Richmond. And this season, we have been looking at different struggles that we may encounter in our everyday lives, and specifically what the Bible has to say about those struggles and the way that Jesus enters into those struggles with us, um, meets us wherever we might be. And today we are talking about the struggle with failure. Um, which is really something that I don't know too much about. Um, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> I know all about failure. Uh, I think we all know that feeling uh, that you've failed. You know, pit in your stomach, lump in your throat. Man, I really messed up this time. It feels awful, um, especially if there's someone that you know and love on the other end of it. Um, that impending sense of doom, knowing that you're going to have to face it sooner or later. (laughs) Boy, isn't this fun. (laughs) But I think it's something that's very important, especially if you are a Christian. Some of y'all listening may have been to a Focus program before, um, and if you haven't, maybe you've just had that mountaintop experience where it really feels like things are going to be different from here on out. If it was a spiritual experience, maybe you go home thinking, you know, I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to say my prayers before bed, and I'm going to, you know, do whatever. And for a while, things are different. But then after a while, they're the same again. You go back to your old habits. And I don't know specifically what that looks like in your life, but we've all been there. Whether it's trying to be a better follower of Jesus or some other thing in our lives, we've all been there. We all know that feeling. This week in some of our small groups, we've been discussing a passage from John 21, a story about the apostle apostle Peter meeting the resurrected Jesus. And this story is particularly touching when you consider the ways Peter had failed Jesus right before his crucifixion. And so this being Holy Week, uh, the week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion on Good Friday and ultimately his resurrection on Easter, I figured we would zoom in on Peter's story. Because I think it's a beautiful picture of Jesus' mercy and his desire to bring us back into the fold. It's really a glimpse into our own story with Jesus. So I'm going to read for y'all. This is Luke 22, picking up right after the Last Supper, which is the night before he was crucified. Um, This is starting in verse 31. Simon, Simon, which is um, Peter's original name. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, as Peter replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. As I was preparing for this, uh, something new stuck out to me about this passage. At first, Jesus just tells Peter that when he has turned back to strengthen his brothers, Jesus sort of pulls his punches. He doesn't really accuse Peter of turning on him. He just accepts that and moves on to what will happen next. But it's only after Peter comes back with this sort of overconfident response, you know, I'll go to prison for you, I'll die for you. And then Jesus is like, oh, well, actually... You're going to betray me and deny even knowing me. So Jesus calls his shots here. Uh, Peter will betray him three times before the rooster crows. And it's like, that's oddly specific. But then Jesus 
quickly moves on. The chapter continues the narrative. Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and then he's arrested, and we get this, that story about Ju- uh, Judas betraying Jesus with a kiss. And this whole bizarre scene breaks out where one of Jesus' disciples, like, whips out a sword and cuts someone's ear off. Um, and, well, in the book of John, actually, he says that the disciple was Peter, not to keep on ragging on Peter. Um, but everything is just going sideways. If there was ever a time to prove how committed B- Peter was to Jesus, it would be right now, just as he's being arrested. But I'll give you one guess what happens next. Um, let's pick up in uh, verse 54. Then seizing him, that's Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, meaning with Jesus. But Peter denied it. Woman, I do not know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. And about an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered what the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. So here we have uh, the fulfillment of what Jesus predicted would happen. Um, even after such a boisterous denial by Peter, saying, I'll, I'll die for you, Jesus. We see here, Peter is denying that he even knows Jesus. And, cherry on top, he lies to a child. I mean, it would, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, uh, he is in Jesus' inner circle. He's completely denying that he even knows the man for whom he just said he would die. I mean, this is not months or years later. This is the same night. Jesus' prediction and Peter actually denying Jesus are on the same page in my Bible. Uh, This is a complete 180. No, I do not even know this man. And when the rooster crows, uh, it says that Jesus looks at him and Peter just loses it. It says he wept bitterly. Peter is almost immediately confronted with with what he has done, and he unravels. I mean, talk about failing someone. Now, do we believe uh, that Peter meant what he said to Jesus, that he would go to prison and or die for Jesus? Was he sincere? I believe that he thought he meant what he said, right? I think Peter thinks that he was being sincere, But that's the whole point. No matter how much willpower he may have had or thought that he had, at the end of the day, he's still Peter. He's still flawed. He's still overconfident. In the second part of this story, it's like the curtain is being pulled back and we see who Peter really is. And it's like, yikes, like not all that great behind all of this gusto and bluster is really a man who's just as scared, just as afraid as he's ever been. And let's be honest, just as broken as the rest of us. 
I think often times we, and I'm speaking to myself just as much as to anyone else, we oftentimes in our walk with Jesus and in our attempts to follow God, go into it with this puffed up chest thinking, now is when I am really going to be good. Now is when I am finally going to make it work. Forgetting that the whole problem to begin with starts with us. And that just sets us up for failure. It's a problem with our hearts. The sin in us fundamentally prevents us from being able to follow Jesus according to our own sheer willpower. But thank God, literally thank God, that Jesus was perfect on our behalf. He didn't go to the cross on Good Friday because we lacked the motivation to follow him. He lived the perfect life for us because we couldn't. And he ultimately laid down that perfect life for us because he loves us. Because he wanted to bring us back to himself. To bring us back into the fold. In fact, that's the story that we get in John 21. Peter is out fishing when he sees the resurrected Jesus. And he just can't contain himself. He jumps into the water fully clothed and swims to the shore to be reunited with Jesus. And this is when Jesus charges Peter to, be, to take care of his followers. And we see in the book of Acts and in early church tradition that Peter played a huge role in the spread of the gospel. I mean, Peter was considered to be the first pope. This guy that lied to a little girl that he even knew Jesus. In Peter's story, we see that it is not about what we can or cannot do. It is about what Jesus has done for us already. And our decision or our desire to follow Jesus is not going to suddenly change our human nature of being a sinner. It is a slow process of reordering the desires of our hearts, reorienting our lives towards Jesus rather than ourselves. And in the meantime, we'll mess up. While we are on this side of heaven, we will not be perfect. But we can look to Jesus and know that he was and that he has stepped in on our behalf. I hope this is a good word for you this Holy Week, and I hope you take a moment to reflect on what this week means for you. Um, and please feel free to reach out to any of the Focus staff if you have any questions or would like to discuss anything. And Happy Easter.